Here we are at Reality Check Chat. Welcome back. It's good to be here with you. And we're coming from rural Susquehanna County. I'm here with my podcasters. Here we are. And I'm Judy Herschel. It's good to be back. And I'm Liz Kearney. And we're here to crow about our midterm election results. Well, I'm going to say crow and not crow. Did I say my name? You, you didn't say your name, but everyone knows you. <laughs> the one, the only Barbara Scott. That's right. <laughs> I was thinking, Liz, when you said that, that's what I was thinking. On the one hand, I get elated. I hear something. I read something. I get very excited. And then on the other hand, I read something that upsets me. And this roller coaster of emotions that we've been going through since at least 2016, Mm -hmm. some of us earlier, it's almost too much. And then with the the former president saying he's going to run again, he's going to lose, run to lose again. I'm just, I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? My thought was that I saw a phrase when we were learning all the good news with the the races, we were hoping our candidates would win. They did win. Some wag on Twitter called it joy scrolling. (laughs) As opposed to the doom scrolling we did for four years under the previous president. So I indulge in some joy scrolling, (laughs) looking at the good news. Like I'm really stoked, you know, like John Fetterman, it was on one hand, I'm really appalled at how close that election was, how it should not have been close. No, it should it shouldn't have been close. I don't know about you guys. We we've all been stressed for several years now. And ever since Roe v. Wade, I have felt the pits of despair in my stomach. I, you know, I've gone periods of time where I couldn't even watch the news. I have been so stressed out. I have a glimmer of hope now. So I'm, I'm going to share a little bit about that tonight as we talk. But there's a couple of things that I'm seeing in our very rural red community that give me a twinge of, of hope. So I got some I got some interesting things to share with you guys tonight. Well, our Democratic, I don't know if you saw our most recent email from the chair of our Susquehanna County Democratic Party, Ed Zygmunt, he said that Susquehanna County in 2020 moved in a positive way, 10% more toward Josh Shapiro and 4.9% toward uh, Fetterman than uh, the Democratic vote in 2020 in Susquehanna County. So 10% is pretty good, but I'm thinking that uh, according to Judy and according to others, um, there were Republicans in Susquehanna County that voted for Josh Shapiro who did not vote for John Fetterman. But I can say one point to that is that there were also Republicans that I've run into that either voted for Oz and not Mastriano or Mastriano and not Oz too. But I, I haven't looked at those numbers and compared to see. But there were quite a few that just supported one and not the other. Oh, really? That's that's amazing that they could. I could see why they could not support Mastriano. But it's funny. I don't know if you've paid attention to the story, but it started to break over the summer on how the Democratic Party supports some of these fringe Republican candidates putting millions of dollars in their campaigns in hopes of getting a really shitty candidate. It's been covered by a couple. It's been verified. There are some groups that have done that. It's a risky thing to do. But I think it might have uh, been beneficial to the Democrats in this cycle. It it is. But it made me think, is that a big risk? Welcome back, Liz. Thank you. Welcome back, Liz. We're we're talking about how how the Democrats have been pouring money into fringe far-right Republican candidates' campaigns in the hopes that because they're viewed as extreme, they're least likely to get elected. So- 
This has been something that's been going on. Mastriano was one candidate that that they did it to. But the funny thing is, is, is I've talked to Republicans this week, and now the excuse for them having shitty candidates is all because of the Democrats. No, <laughs> you know, that's hilarious. They think we're, they think we're masterminds. They're, mm-hmm. you know, several times people said to me, like, good move. That's smart. But that's their excuse. Not looking at the fact that they got huge numbers in our county and won overwhelmingly. And Oz got on the news and said how Susquehanna, I believe on Fox, that they they mentioned Susquehanna County. They called us out that we came out in full support of Oz. (laughs) Don't look at that. Well, the thing is, in the primary you're talking about? Yeah. No, no. this, This election. Oh, oh! Our, our because, county had overwhelming support for both of them, Oz and Mastriano. I also read that because they're, we're talking about the Democrats in the primary, and especially Josh Shapiro, he could start attacking Mastriano even before he got the because he didn't have any he didn't have any opponents. But they said that Mastriano was on track to win anyway. So, so I'm not so sure how it worked. At first, I was like appalled, to tell you the truth. And then I became unappalled. Yeah. <laughs> they voted for him because they wanted him. Yeah, the Republicans gave money. But for that race, I don't think it made a bit of, no. I think they showed themselves, you know. Okay, one thing great that I just read, uh, many of you know that the state of the Pennsylvania House candidates, which has been in the Republicans' hands, and the Republicans have put in these constitutional amendments to take powers away from the governor, and they want to ban abortion, and they want to, what are the other couple of things on that duty that they, besides banning abortion, that's coming up? Anyway, to, to make a like, oh, they want to, um, Act 77, they want to get rid of mail-in voting, and all of this stuff going around the governor. But I just read that the Democrats got the 102nd seat, making giving them the majority in the House for the first time in over 10 years. But then I read that it's not clear if McClinton, who we saw in that wonderful video where she talks about how Democrats are not represented because the Republicans locked all the Democrats out of any kind of decision making. I mean, I would like to lock out Jonathan Fritz from making any decisions, if he ever made any decisions that weren't told to him to make, which I doubt. Um, (laughs) But I don't want to have just the Democrats not thinking that maybe Republicans have something nice to say, something contributory, not nice, something contributory to say. But there's that, let's get back, let's do it our way now. Just stopping that constitutional amendment, which I hope is is a possibility, it is a real plus. And then I read Austin Davis, who's our new, going to be our new lieutenant governor, he had a house seat. So there has to be a special election for his seat. Lee Summers, who <laughs> won a congressional seat, our first black woman, she she had a house seat. That she, so there has to be a special election for that. And some Democrat died like November 8th. He won his election posthumously. You know, so there has to be three special Democratic elections. So they don't know who's in control in on January 3rd. Oh boy. <laughs> you know, so it's kind of so so that's what I mean. What a friggin' roller coaster. I mean, I've been looking at these races to see it said the Democrats, you know, there were two races that were holding up the Democratic lead in the House. Of course, the Senate stayed with the Republicans. The, uh, we're talking about the PA House and, and the Senate now. The the Dem- the Republicans were ahead, then the then the Democrats were ahead and 
do they want to accept these ballots that have the wrong date on them? How you can have the wrong date? I don't know. Oh, we went through this. Yeah. But no date is the, is the issue now. No date is the issue now. So what? I mean, you know, check them out. Are they legitimate voters? If they're legitimate voters and they haven't voted in person or anything, if they haven't voted, then their vote should count for crying out loud. This this is horrible. And- we're so split down the middle in this country. Biggest problem is even winning. It's so damn close. How are they going to work together? And that's the little bit of hope I too have with Biden is that Biden talked a lot about that. And he said he's going to work with them and figure out how they can work together. They're already planning. The Congress, as soon as they got that extra vote, 218, they started planning all the congressional oversight investigations that they're going to do on Biden and his family. They're going to try to impeach Merrick Garland. This this cracks me up for being a political arm of the White House. Are you kidding me? As it was okay when Trump did it. Mm-hmm. Not that not that Merrick Garland is doing it, but I mean, and then they're going to investigate Hunter, of course, Hunter Biden, and who's it's already in the courts. I mean, let, already, let the law do that. Why would we waste our taxpayer money on all that? And then they want to impeach the guy that's the head of Homeland Security. So they're already talking about all these impeachments they want. Well, it'll be awfully funny when they don't find anything. And it'll be awfully funny. I hope there are some serious Republicans in there that won't allow shenanigans to happen. That's don't exactly. count on it, Judy. I'm not counting on it. I'm hoping. <laughs> I mean, what's the other scenario that they go after Biden and all these people that you mentioned? Well, um, crime or I, mean, I guess oh, they could make it look like Biden. Biden's a bad president and therefore he shouldn't be reelected and we should reelect. What's his name? They have to lie or find something. I don't think they'll find something. And if they lie, oh my God, could you imagine well, that? Well, what's the point of impeaching Biden in the House? Because it goes to the Senate and dies, right? So what's right. the freaking point? Wasting well, they, time and money besides doing real legislation. Well, right? that's what they said about the Democrats impeaching Trump. Even though he caused an interaction and tried to overthrow the election in his favor. And everybody knew that the Republicans weren't going to vote. So I'm going to ask the question of the hour. What do you think of Trump announcing? Now, I I will say this. He did not get good reviews of his announcement speech. They wouldn't. People got up to leave. They wouldn't let them leave the area. He's not getting good feedback. And it's (laughs) funny because you go to Fox News or any of the major Republican outlets. I swear to God, Barb, it's like the 20th story down. Well, supposedly the Murdochs aren't on on his page anymore. Without Fox, that's a big deal. It is a big deal. Not that DeSantis, is, if that's their candidate, is a good person. I mean, he's horrible, too. I don't see anybody truly excited. Maybe he's lost his uh, following. But what will he do to stir it all up again to get a following? He hasn't lost his following, I don't think. But it has diminished. I do think it has diminished. He still has a following. He does feel diminished. It almost feels irrelevant that he even declares this early. And I'm like, you know what? It's not going to happen. I mean, of course, I'm going to worry about it, but I'm not going to really worry about it yet. It just feels like a non-issue at this point. I'm, well, not I'm glad you can feel that way. I, I for now. Feel that way. Yeah. I mean, yeah. 
why would he win when he has less support even within the Republican Party than in 2020? I don't know, unless people are so, I don't know. I don't know. It's just, okay. I have a good piece of news. Good. We need good news. Well, I mean, I don't know. You, I didn't follow up on this, so but they were voting on the Respect for Marriage Act. Did that pass? The Senate, supposedly 12 Republicans went along with it. This is Tammy Baldwin's and by respect for marriage, they mean same-sex couples can marry. And since it passed the Senate, okay, well, it passed a version of it passed in the in the summer, the House with forty-seven Republicans. So I'm sure it's gonna there's gonna be a final bill that's going to codify same-sex marriage. However, of course, without the House, we're not going to be able to codify Roe because we don't have that many senators to do it in the lame duck session. So that's mm-hmm. sad. That's extremely sad. And I, I don't understand how so many Republicans got friggin' elected. So that's good. And so for those of you who don't know, Tammy Baldwin is the first gay uh, woman elected to the House and then to the Senate. Uh, she's from Wisconsin. Wisconsin makes me crazy because they re- they have her, the first gay woman elected to the Senate and Congress, and they have a they reelected a Democratic yeah. governor. And they also reelected by very slim margin, Ron Johnson, who said that the insurrectionists were tourists. <laughs> I mean, or whatever, whatever he said. I mean, I just, they're just so, Wisconsin just blows my mind. I don't understand. The only thing is the opponent to Ron Johnson, Barnes, is black. So I was wondering if it's because he's black that he didn't get elected. It was really close, though. It was a real close race, apparently. Yes, but the yeah. governor won. Right. I was thinking Wisconsin being it's, it's Madison. You know, it's one big, you know, co- college town and everybody else. You yeah, know, I guess so. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Michigan did really well, like Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Some of these races really reinstituted in me a sense of Americans voted because they were really upset about overturning Roe versus Wade, but also because they really felt their democracy might be at stake. Unfortunately, it was so close that that makes me sometimes think, well, was that it? (laughs) I mean, I don't know. You'd think if you thought your democracy was at stake, you know, there would be more. I I think that was that. I do. Because you have to remember Mm -hmm. a little bit of good news that Gen Z started to come out and vote where they hadn't before. Mm -hmm. The day after the election, I ran into a young woman that I know she's probably about 25. She was talking to another girl I know about the election and they were happy. They're they're Democrats. And um, the the 25 year old doesn't regularly vote. And so that gave me opportunity to ask her, okay, why aren't you guys voting? Tell me about your generation that you're not involved. You don't go to meetings. You don't vote. You don't do any of that. What What's the deal here? Why? But why now? Why did you come out now? And why not before? And it was because you know Roe v. Wade was the big one. They they see the direction that the country is going in, but they did not vote because they don't trust the system. They don't trust the parties. They don't trust the system, and they don't trust politics. And they're really really mad <laughs> because the things things that affect them, politicians aren't generally speaking they could make a difference if they voted they don't don't get that they don't get that all right no i'm gonna take their side for a minute i am because there is problems with our our 
political system in our government. There is. We're not stupid. There's things that happen that aren't the best, you know, probably with both parties, one may, much more than the other. Um, I know that I'm a, I'm, I'm a government official. I see things. Well, it's, are it's they aware of what's going on in politics? So you that's the crazy follow, thing. And, I, and I, I even just wrote this down so that I remember, would remember to tell you this. Yes. Many of them are very informed. She knew everything that was going on. Yep. They, they don't like us, us older people. Like they like us. Yeah, they like us, but they don't, there's no respect for the government establishment by that generation because hmm. they feel screwed. How could they be screwed? They're too young to be screwed. I've been screwed. They've been working and just take, just reporting what, what they say. Can't afford college. So they get a job. They're making $16 an hour. How can you freaking get a car and an apartment at $16 an hour? So you got to live with your friends. You can't get a, this is just from them, their experiences, so they can't get a house. Right. Mm-hmm. That's where they're at. So they're living with their parents. They don't understand voting for the party that is most likely to go in the direction that would help them. It may not mm-hmm. be like the prom date you want right now, you know, yeah. but it would give you in the right but, direction. They don't get that. And I think they lean that way. And and because of the state of affairs now, what's happening, I think that gave them the oomph to be like, okay, we gotta, we gotta start to get okay. okay. Enough. But this is opportunity for the Democratic Party. If they mm-hmm. really zone in on those things and educate people as to why student loans are so out of control, because there's a reason. You know, somebody like mm-hmm. me that borrowed thirty-five thousand dollars and have already paid back almost ninety and still have, you know, I'll have it paid off soon, but I'm paying it off early. And I really have a couple more years. Holy crap. And that's typical. I have a very good friend who took out 150 and she'll pay almost half a million by the time she's done. And if she makes even more than what the minimum payment is, it'll still take her the rest of the life to her life to pay it off. I mean, that's typical. That's the typical situation. And unless you become a lawyer and triple on your payments, if you go through a period of time where you defer it, you still get the tax on that and it just grows your, it's a, I'm 47 years old and I've always had a fairly good job. I went through a period of time where I had a difficult time paying it, but it wasn't a huge amount of time. Mm-hmm. That's where, it, so educating people, really getting to the root of the problems. They're sick of that. The party's not working together. They think the party themselves have an agenda and don't listen to them. So mm-hmm. the party needs to start listening to them and start to really promote a party of transparency and integrity and honesty because we are i think we have some really kick-ass candidates especially after this race but also that we're the party of the people and keep pounding that if you listen to for instance what josh shapiro said he was going to do for pennsylvania he had plans yeah plans unlike unlike his opponent I mean, it's very clear. They like him. Edelman did too. People are saying, even Republicans, Barb, Liz, this is crazy. I've had Republicans come up to me and say, you know what, maybe not this presidential race, but is he considering being president? We're blessed to have a frigging governor that is really respected. That could make a big difference. The youth like him, really. So that's, that's, I think, a very good thing mm-hmm. if it keeps going that way. They, they were very impressed that he came here. Mm-hmm. Very impressed that he came here. So I, I don't know. But hearing the buzz, may, maybe good things are happening. But we have to think of ways to start to voice what Generation Z is thinking and what their concerns are. Did As a party, hear- not us in particular. Yeah. First, I heard that the youth came out to vote. And then I heard that, no, actually, they didn't really come out to vote. I don't have stats. 
Oh. I know the youth that I know came out to vote. All right. Well, let's hope, they, let's hope they came out to vote. I was reading, this is may sound off topic, and it is a little bit. <laughs> I got this book, this big fat book um, during the pandemic, because I, I wanted to read Hemingway's short stories, and it's all of Hemingway's short stories. And so I started reading it. I've been reading it for too long, and I'm only on like the second story. But in the introduction, he talks about a story that I have not read yet, where he drives through Italy. It takes place in Italy, and he drove through all around Italy in the 30s when Mussolini was in power and saw what a country under an autocracy was like. And supposedly his story really pinpoints that experience that he had. Now, I should maybe wait until I've read the story. I want to read it. I'm anxious to read it. And why am I anxious to read it? Because we have a potential autocrat trying to run for president in 2024. And people should know what that would be like. I mean, it's not going to be like the first time if he's elected. Mm-mm. No, he'll he'll be out of control. Did you get in there and not ever leave? Right. And I heard, I did not hear his hour-long speech, of course, because he's a major drag, but I heard that he did not talk about the fraud in the 2020 election that stole the election from him. No. Is that right? What do you think that's about? He lied through the whole speech. He said something along the lines of, and that Green New Deal, that's put out programs that are destroying us. There is no Green New Deal. (laughs) It was never passed. That's that's how he told The New York Times had ticked off all these things that were not factual. And uh, yeah, so I had here that getting back to that respect for Mary Jack, that Chuck Schumer, the majority leader, said his daughter and his and her wife are expecting a baby. And so, of course, the passage of that bill was uh, personal to him. So and it seems to be bipartisan. I don't know what that's about. So why can't they get bipartisanship on Roe, codifying Roe? I don't know. Right, right. Because people didn't run on people didn't run on crowing about the Supreme Court decision. I don't think, you know, across the country, I don't think people ran on that. Even Mastriano, he didn't run on that. He tried to pretend he I thought. That, you know, oh, they do. It's unpopular. I read sixty-one percent of Americans support um, legal abortion. Well, that's what I mean. So why can't yeah. we get it codified? Right. You know, yeah. the election's over. Let's codify it. And in two years, maybe you'll get three people that didn't vote for you because you codified Roe. I mean, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Oh, I always thought Republicans used to be about limited government and getting out of people's lives. Right. But lately, they've been passing all these very personal, invasive laws, and I, I don't understand why. You know, if you don't want to have a gay marriage, don't marry a gay person. If you don't want an abortion, don't have one. But why make it hard on everybody else? I never, I've never understood that. Right. But they're okay yeah. with capital I just don't understand. Oh, yeah, exactly. They're not pro-life all the time. <laughs> yeah. Just yeah. when they want to be. Mm-hmm. I mean, Arizona just started, don't get me on this, just started on this, but Arizona just started putting people, after eight years, started executing people less spring i think so i'm wondering if their new democratic governor thank goodness if she can i mean she has any say or if it's just the legislature that which is i believe still in the republican hands oh i mean republicans don't trust the government to deliver the mail and yet they'll trust the government to decide on a life or death whether to put someone to death or not 
Right. Why would anybody put that kind of power in the hands of government? I don't get that part. I don't get that either. I, no. This country sometimes is just like shaking my head. <laughs> I know. I, know. Yeah. I don't get it. Mm-mm. You heard that Nancy Pelosi is stepping down in leadership. I did. Oh, so sad. Yeah. And they had some great pictures of her in, on the Times today. Did you see those? I mean, the big, remember when she tore up Trump's State of the Union speech? Yes. Yes. That was so funny. Uh, so clapping that famous clapping, you know, and mm-hmm. something he, he right. <laughs> Judy just did it perfectly. And how about the State of the Union when the um vice president and speaker of the house are both females sitting behind the president? I was at tears the first oh, time I saw yeah. that, just weeping yeah. tears of joy. Yeah. <laughs> that was so cool. Yeah. yeah. It would have been better if the president was female, but that, yeah. that'll be maybe in my lifetime, maybe. Someday soon. <laughs> Not in mine. So there is hope. They're talking about Josh Shapiro. They're talking about all these male. If you compare, and even on record, I think McCarthy, Kevin McCarthy, the God, what a creep. Back and forth. But anyway, he he said, I don't know when it was, how many years ago he said he looked at the the picture of Congress and the Democrats were all it might have been after 2018 and their losses. The Democrats were, you know, gay, straight, male, female, black, you know, all different race races. If you think there are more races than the human race, but all different colors of skin, I'll say, forget the racist part, all different colors of skin. And, and the Republicans were all white men. Mm-hmm. And so he thought we have white to do this. White old- White older men, most of white them. older men, right? We have to change this, and he's right. And they did. They got women. They got you know Marjorie Taylor Greene and, and women like that. <laughs> they found some creepy women, but I mean nothing like the Democrats have. But I mean, I think these young people, if they look at the different parties, just look at their, just look at them, you know, mm-hmm. just look at a photograph of and compare. And even though it's a little better in terms of gender. The scary thing is, Barb, some people look at that all, you know, the Republicans that all look alike, and that's what they want. That's scary. Uh, I don't think I don't think young people look at that and see that. I don't think so. I think some young people here and there that are taught their, you know, I I don't want to say it's an urban rural area, but that that is that is something you see around here, here and there, you know, because you hear, you see very blatant racist bumper stickers and comments made in certain types of circles. And that's mm-hmm. what their kids are learning. You, you do, you see it. And Trump made it come out of the shadows. So it was a little more out there and more noticeable. Mm-hmm. Well, let's talk a minute about, is that something we want that it's more noticeable, a little more out there or, or should it have, re- would it have been better for us if it remained in the shadows? Oh, I, I think it had to. I think whenever you have any type of like real solid change, it's got to get it's got to get stirred up, put out there, and then you deal with it. I think these are the crazy times before finally we work through this. How can you work on something when it's hidden? So I agree. That forces people to take it to take a side is what mm-hmm. what it's going to eventually do. Because mm-hmm. it's not going to get any you know, better. But I like though that before, like even before Reagan, people at least knew not to say those things out loud 
Mm-hmm. I mean, I liked that. At least they, they realized not to say, for example, the N-word out loud. Right. They knew not to do that. But at least with even since Reagan, then with Trump, he encouraged their, their worst impulses. And that, but I agree with Judy, too. It's good to get it out. If we're going to get it out, let's look at it. You know, we can see it and we can deal with it. Like the, the sunshine. On, you know, call them out on it. Mm-hmm. Educate, educate. That sounds corny, but mm-hmm. some people need to be educated. Yeah. Speaking of education, I don't know. The, the article in last week's, I think, New Yorker about these liberty moms or whatever the heck they're called, that moms of liberty that are taking over school boards and harassing librarians and school boards that pick a wit and wisdom was the name of this curriculum that this Tennessee. Did you read it, Liz? That this no, no, yeah, no, I haven't. School board had chosen, and it was well respected, and they had looked at it. The teachers had looked at it. Everybody had looked at it and decided, yeah, this is great. Let's use this. And it wasn't, they weren't the only ones. A lot of school uh, districts were using it. It wasn't like it was something out there. And and these these women came to this school board meeting and, and said, well, it's okay, but don't take, you got to take this out. You got to take that out. And they thought, who are these people? And you didn't vet it enough. You didn't look at it enough. And so we can't have that happening at all these school board meetings. We can't have people just from one with one political ulterior motive going to our school boards and saying, you know, without any kind of evidence, it's just like the election was stolen. Your your curriculum is no good. Throw it out. Throw this part out that deals with I don't know what. Uh, what in our history? They don't. They, first of all, they want to pretend that people were not enslaved. You know, um, <laughs> they want to take away books. I mean, that pisses me off. Books we've yeah. all read. Books that are part of growing up. Books. Yeah, books that it's, are- a, it's amazing the books they want to ban. But even if we don't know them, to to even ban any books to me is. Right. Yeah, Fahrenheit 450. Well, there, there we are again. My point. Like, if they don't want to read the book, they don't have to. They can say, "My kid won't read that book." They can, they can go that far and say, "I'm not letting my kid read that book." But why do they have to decide for all of us? Exactly. A lot of us enjoyed Harry Potter. <laughs> you know, <laughs> we'd like to have the choice. That should be in a school library for crying out loud. But why can't they leave the rest of us the hell alone? I don't think they're banning Harry Potter, are they? Oh, I think they've gone oh, after that's oh, been a challenge. Yeah. That's been a challenge book a lot. Because oh, you know oh, the, the, the scary witchcraft, ooh, it's, it's, it's teaching oh, the kids oh. to be to be evil. You know, well, I know yeah. Tony Morrison's some of Tony Morrison's books are masterpieces, really. And yeah, yeah. To Kill, to Kill a Mockingbird was a, was another one. <gasps> oh, oh, I love that book. What the hell? And what's what that? Happened? What's the famous one that the guy that was a recluse? The author was a recluse, sort of. Oh, oh gosh. Wait, wait, wait. Catcher in the Rye. Catcher. Yeah. Catching Salinger. Salinger, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Jeez. Oh, scary times we live in, ladies. Yeah, it is. Did you guys have anything else you wanted to, to mention? You know, no, I came across some stuff. I, it's, it's almost enough for a whole podcast. But I'd like to break down, you know, the, the mis, misperceptions Republicans have about Democrats, especially in the last election. Like, all we want is free stuff. We promised, we won because we promised free education, free abortion, and pot. And free drugs. I like to break that down, and, and maybe it would take a whole podcast or maybe two to break that down and address those misconceptions. And that'd be interesting. And you're talking that. about the future, or you're talking now? I mean, soon, not not tonight. It's too much for one. Oh, oh, you know, okay. But I'd like to break that down, and maybe in a future discussion. 
Okay. Yeah, it sounds good. It's a, lot, it's a lot to chew on for like, you know. Yeah. So it takes us 12 hours to go through every single thing. <laughs> have lied about us, you know, yeah. track community members. Maybe mm -hmm. 15 hours, but right. that, that's a series. <laughs> it's a whole series. It's a whole, whole season. <laughs> the cliffhanger. 2023. We're going to cover all the misconceptions. It's going to take the whole year. <laughs> that's kind of how we started after all, right? Get your popcorn. <laughs> All right. I, what? I, I, one more quick thing. I know I, we signed off on the last podcast saying, I think I said something like, I hope we'll be cheering and celebrating our democratic victories at our next podcast. And except for the house, we were pretty, pretty much on track. <laughs> Celebratory ex, ex, you know, explanations. <laughs> uh, yeah. Absolutely. And what did you think? Did you think it was because I absolutely did not think it was going to happen. I bought the red wave thing. Uh -uh. I didn't think it was gonna uh, no, I was too hopeful. I was too optimistic. You, you no. thought you thought it was going to happen, Liz? I thought we had the I thought we had the numbers. And I didn't think I mean, I was horrified at the, at the especially in Susquehanna County, how the vote went. But I really didn't think Oz or Mastriano had the votes. Yes, no. well, I was pretty hopeful there. I didn't. I didn't think they. I didn't think they'd pull it off. But, um, you were right. Oh, I didn't think they would. Okay, I, I. I misheard that. Yeah, I didn't think they would either. Uh, oh, you did. It was appallingly close, but we still won. Yeah, I don't know if you've seen this week's <laughs> New Yorker cover, the red wave. It's like. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. <laughs> That's great. It's a giant elephant on a red surfboard, and it's not a big wave. It's, it's a flat like, water. I'm not even sure it's a wave. It, this looks like a flat lake. Yes. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Okay. It's, it's, it's the tide coming in. Is what it's it is. the tide coming in. That's right. <laughs> All right. So everybody have a great Thanksgiving. You too. And you too. I will talk to you soon. Have a great night, guys. Okay. You too. It's fun to do this. Good to see you guys. Good to see you. You too. Great night. talking to you.